FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are here for another week of the Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Barnes. DeMichael Cole, your Grizzlies beat writer, is here with us as well. As we record this, the Grizzlies are right now sitting at number one in the Western Conference. Obviously, it's early in the season still. We're a third of the way through, but still, this is the latest in the season. The Grizzlies have been in the number one spot. Uh, DeMichael, before we jump into our topics, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, how should fans feel about this team being in first place now? Is it cool? Is it premature? Is it something to get excited about? Because this team has obviously done so much without some of its key parts. Yeah, it's a it's a desirable position. I I, I think that uh, you hit on it with that last thing to keep without certain key parts, right? Desmond Bain has missed games. John Morant has missed a few games, you know, as well. Uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, started the season. You know, missing games. So you haven't had that trio, you know, play alongside of Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams up to this point. You haven't seen your starting lineup uh, in full. You haven't seen even the bench. You know, uh, how is the bench going to look when Desmond Banks get back? Like, is is John Conchar part of that? You know, we haven't seen, you know, this team at full strength. All things considered, I think up till last week, you know, they were second in the NBA in terms of games missed by injuries. So, I mean, who who would have thought? Like, uh, you you factor in all of those things, plus losing DeAnthony Milton, Kyle Anderson, and, and whatnot, and the Grizzlies are still at the top. And, and they're in a, I mean, they're in a good spot because you still feel like this team has another level to reach, and they're already at the top of the Western Conference. Absolutely. And I think that it is something to be really happy for. Like, I think if you look at last year, you would have said, okay, last year was a great year for the Grizzlies. They exceeded expectations. They had that great run. But you figured that this team would kind of fall back to earth a little bit as some of the teams got healthier. But here we are on December 19th. The Grizzlies are in first place in the West. Right now, they are a game ahead of the Nuggets and the Pelicans. And this is a cool stat. Um, they are fourth in point differential, which means they've outscored teams by 138 points. That's fourth in the league behind Boston, Cleveland, and the Pelicans. So this is legit. They are doing what they're supposed to do. They're showing their experience. And, you know, we haven't seen this team at full strength. So it's a good thing to be excited for. If you want an early Christmas present, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I think that's a really cool thing to have. And, yeah, it's awesome. So let, let's get into it. Like, this this. This role that they've been on now, it's about to get a little bit tricky. Uh, the schedule has been pretty solid during that seven-game winning streak. It was a fair, you know, they faced some teams that they were expected to beat. Obviously, the Bucks win was a huge, you know, impressive 41-point win before they um, lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday. But now, the schedule is a little bit tougher. Again, we record this December 19th. They're going to Denver on Tuesday. They go to Phoenix on Friday. And then, of course, the big Christmas Day game at Golden State, and then they come back home on the 27th against the Sun. So four big games against teams that are going to be ready to bring their best against the Grizzlies. Um, DeMichael, let's go ahead and ask this. How important is this schedule going to be to kind of see what this Grizzlies team is made of? Yeah, we, we, we mentioned it with the Bucks game, right? The Bucks game was kind of like a big test in terms of, 
yo, where are the Grizzlies? How do they stack up against the best? And, you know, they passed that one with flying colors. So I don't think that's the question right now. It's not necessarily uh, where this team is. I think that Bucks game proved to a lot of people that this team can compete with the best. Now it's like, how consistently can they do it? Okay, you're on the road. The Grizzlies, I believe, are six and seven. Uh, maybe six and eight now after that loss to to OKC. Yeah, six and eight six on the and road. Eight. Six and yep. eight. Yes. Six and eight. At, six and eight on the road at this point. So okay, now how do you prove that you know last season they were a great road team? Now you have to back that up. Here's the perfect chance to do it. Right, you're going against Denver, number three seed in the Western Conference right now. Uh, the Suns are the four seed in the Western Conference at this point. Golden State is eleven, but you know what? Golden State also has one of the best home records in the NBA. So throw that 11 out the window. They are 12-2 and two at home, which is one of the best records in the NBA. The Grizzlies are 13-2 and two at home, actually. And I think that's second best because the Cavs are 14-2 and two at home. So that's the best home record. But anyways, Golden State has one of the best home records in the NBA. And they look like the Warriors of last season, the war, the champion Warriors when they're on their home floor. And yes, we know Steph Curry is out and all that. And we'll get more into that. But the thing is, Evan, this is a big stretch to kind of, you know, uh, build some confidence, I think, against those those top tier Western Conference teams to build some room. Right. Uh, some people say standings don't matter at this point of the season. Well, you, you look at the end of the season. When there's a one-game, two-game difference, it's like, oh, imagine if this guy didn't miss that one game in December. Those things kind of, you know, come into play. So I think, you know, every game is important, and this stretch is one of those important stretches. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, it's funny you say that. Like, every, you know, when you read that part about every game, doesn't matter. I, I think in the 82-game season, it obviously you, you figure out kind of like what games are important, obviously figure out what games you say, all right, you charge to the game, keep it going. But I do think, like you said, this four-game stretch – is going to be really critical to see kind of what they're made of, especially on the road. I think good teams take care of Vincent home. Great teams win on the road. And as we saw in the playoffs last year, if the Grizzly, when the Grizzlies didn't win in Golden State, that was pretty much the series. They lost all three games up in the Bay. So the road is where great teams show up. And so I think, you know, I obviously would love to see how the Grizzlies match up against the Nuggets. Um, that Suns game is going to be fun. We'll get into reasons why in a little bit, but obviously um, that Suns team is going to be really fun to see. Um, and obviously that Warriors game, we all know everything that goes into that game. But I think for the Grizzlies, just on the surface, these four games are going to be a nice way to kind of show, hey, you know, the experience you gained last year, the way you played against the Bucks, that shows again that you are going to be a staying power team. Like I believe – in the words of our esteemed columnist, Marcianato, the Grizzlies have sort of figured out how to be this regular season team that can make some things happen. I won't go as far as say a juggernaut like Mark did, but I think they have figured out a formula to be a great regular season team. And I think winning games like this will keep adding more respect. Again, they earned respect last season. I don't think anyone looks at them as a fluke or as a team that didn't legitimately win all those games. I think people know the Grizzlies are who they are. And I think these next four games can help go a long way, especially with, you know, the Nuggets game and the Warriors game being on national television. That will really help, I believe, the Grizzlies too. So all in all, this is a great chance for the Grizzlies to kind of, you know, finish the year. Obviously, still have a couple games before the end of 2022, but this will be a great way for them to kind of get some positive momentum and see what happens. Obviously, 
that Warriors game on Christmas Day. Let's go. Let let's jump there real quick, DeMichael. Obviously, that game is going to matter for a lot of reasons. Um, the rematch from last year's second round series, where the Warriors won in six games. Um, obviously, the little bit of trash talk that we heard from, you know, Clay Thompson after the finals, the stuff that happened during the series, where you know Dylan Brooks, you know, had that you know foul on Gary Payton, Draymond Green, obviously being, you know, both the antagonist, but also very much a fan of John Moran and how this team has been built. Um, Dylan Brooks and Clay Thompson obviously matching up. Dylan Brooks had some comments to say about that this week. Um, how excited! I know we we're not we're not overlooking the Nuggets and the Suns, but since we're recording this ahead of Christmas, how excited are you for for that game? Which also, by the way, will be the Grizzlies' first ever Christmas game in franchise history. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm I'm going to be up there, so I'll. I'll have, you know, our coverage on, on Christmas Day as well, you know, live from, from Chase Arena. So, uh, I mean, the Chase Center. So, the, I mean, it's going to be fun, right? There's so many storylines. And, you know, we've talked about the last two seasons, right? Uh, Golden State season, you know, kind of being halted uh, by the Grizzlies. And then, you know, the next season, the uh, the Warriors returning to favor, stopping, you know, the Grizzlies season for a two-series win. And everything in between, right? You know, the Jaron Jackson Jr. tweet, Clay Thompson mentioning the tweet, DeAndre Iguodala, Seca. Um, and last but not least, the most recent of them all is, you know, Dylan Brooks, you know, basically saying, you know, he has Clay. He, he can't wait to guard Clay and show Clay, you know, what he's got on the defensive end because he remembered, you know, Clay's comments, you know, at the end of that series. So there's so many storylines to hit on. And I don't even know which one is my favorite one, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun se- It's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, I think these two teams, you know, we've seen them meet the last couple years. I think they'll meet for a couple more years. Uh, and you can tell there's a, there's a respect thing there. You know, Ja and Curry have a lot of respect to each other. And I know st- even though Steph isn't playing, like it's still going to be a huge game. You know why? Because Jordan Poole, just a night ago, scored 43 points, you know. So he's he's not your normal guy that's going to step into the starting lineup and just score 10 points. Like, he's a certified scorer who's getting paid the big bucks to do so. So uh, this isn't a team to overlook by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, for sure. I honestly don't think anybody who is a, as you said, no one's going to overlook this team in the sense of it's still the Warriors. It's still a team that can find a way to get things to happen. I believe Jordan Poole, just had a 43-point game that, uh, recently. So clearly, even without Steph, they're going to be a force. I just thought of something, though. The Grizzlies, you know, given the Warriors have, have been so good at home, the Grizzlies have done some work in the Bay Area. Like you mentioned, that 21 play-in game. The Grizzlies went up to, to Chase Center, won that game at the end of the season. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, the first game they, those two met that year, um, the Grizzlies won at Chase Center in uh, 21-22. So they have shown that they can go into Chase Center and get some wins um, when their backs are kind of against the wall a little bit. And so I think uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Grizzlies are charged up for that game, how excited they're going to be. They're going to be fired up because clearly they they may try to downplay it and say it's not a rivalry, but clearly they want some get back. We know that Jods, those guys, you know, have memories like elephants. And we know the fans are going to be talking on Twitter. And again, God bless everyone dealing with certain Warriors fans on Twitter because they are they can be a lot, <laughs> as we all saw last season. But uh, it's going to be a fun. I think it's going to be a fun game. It's a great moment for the Grizzlies franchise to be on the Christmas Day slate. 
Um, it's going to mean a lot to people, and I think it should be a fun one. And speaking of Dylan Brooks, let's 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 get into this too, uh, DeMichael. I want you to relay to everybody what Dylan Brooks said to, about Clay Thompson, but I also want you to say like with Dylan having such a great season and his defensive impact even more noticeable than ever. How is Dylan Brooks going to approach this these next few games? He's got some pretty big matchups, not just with Clay Thompson, but he's going to have you know Devin Booker coming up. He's going to have one of his um, I believe uh, Jamal Murray coming up too. How is this stretch going to be fun to watch Dylan Brooks kind of be, you know, be in that villain mode that he relishes so well? Oh, it's, this is this is his time. This is his time to shine, right? I mean, if you look at it from a personal standpoint, right, even beyond, you know, just everything else that's going on, the personal standpoint here is you're a guy in a contract, a contract year, right? And you have two uh, well, probably be two of your most watched games up to this point of the season coming up right now. You know, this Nuggets game, national TV, right, against the the Warriors. I mean, the national TV, like Christmas time. Like, so uh, these are two big opportunities for Dylan Brooks. You know, I, I, one thing that I mentioned in in my mentions, you were mentioning the Clay Thompson thing, and I'm before I get into that, I want to mention that you know his his tweet basically. I mean, his comments were that I tweeted out was you know. He was asked, you know, was he disappointed that Stephen Curry, you know, is unlikely to play on Christmas? And his response, you know, he was like, he hope he's Clay. I mean, Curry, get, Curry gets healthy and all that. But he said, I got Clay. I like that matchup better because he was talking a little smack when we lost. He said, I'll just show him what type of defense I got. So that was the juicy <laughs> comment, right? That was the comment that got everybody's blood flowing on and the Memphis side. People got excited. On the Warrior side, people were like, who is this Dylan Brooks guy? But what I noticed during that, and before I get to those comments, was a lot of people really still don't know what Dylan Brooks br- brings to the table uh, defensively. Wait, you think, so? too, you, th- he you think so? People, you think some people I, I are still in the dark on the villain? These, these aren't. Now, I would say more you know, of the recognizable, like, of course, among NBA pundits, they're aware. But... From a fan base perspective, like on a national level, there's still a lot of unknown, uh, basically on what he brings to the table. I saw a lot of like the Warriors fans and and a couple Bucks fans, basically, oh, he's a hacker and things like that. And granted, he he fouls a lot for a guard. He definitely does. I am not taking that away at all. Dylan Brooks is over the last couple seasons has been one of the more you know foul prone guards in the NBA, and he'll tell you himself. Yes. He will say, look, I'm going to use all six of my fouls, which I think is a good thing. You know, we we hear coaches, if you played basketball before, a lot of coaches will tell you it's not a good thing if you have zero fouls, you know, at the end of a game. So with that being said, going back to the matchup, right, that's the fun, right? That's what we're all, you know, when you're watching the game within the game. And Evan, I think there's a funny part to this. The funny part of this is, to me, he probably won't even be guarding Clay Thompson. With the way that Jordan Poole has been playing, that's probably going to be your primary matchup right there. So all this talk about guarding Clay Thompson, it's it's fun. But at the end of the day, he's probably going to be, you know, spending most of his time on the guy who's going to be doing more of the pick and roll, the shiftier guy, and the guy who's, you know, more capable of just making a defender work. And that's going to be Jordan Poole at the end of the day. So I think that's probably who he's going to be matched up against. John Conchar, if he's playing in that game, will if he's starting in that game, excuse me, will probably be the guy who gets Clay Thompson. So, uh, but if he does get Clay Thompson, you know what? I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see him guard, you know, Devin Booker as well. Uh, you, you've seen it up close, Evan. I've seen it up close, how those two go at it and, 
and the comments and the you know the game within the game that happens between those two guys. Uh, Jamal Murray coming up, another fellow Canadian. So some fun matchups for Dylan Brooks. And quite frankly, this is a big week. You talk about contract year and stuff like that. This is a big week for him to show. Hey man, I I, I deserve the money that I'm making right now and then some. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that. You know, you mentioned the contract here, and I think that's kind of maybe the, the the emphasis that I take from it is that Dylan Brooks is in his contract here, and he's going to try to prove, obviously, you know, to the Grizzlies or to whatever that, you know, one, he is worthy of, you know, maintaining what he should be paid and, you know, showing what his value is to this team. I think it's going to be an interesting situation because, obviously, that's going to be the lingering question if the Grizzlies do make a move. Um, Dylan Brooks likely will be part of that move. And we've, we've speculated on it for the last two years that given Brooks contract and given kind of, you know, the emergence of Desmond Bain a little bit, you know, if anything is to happen, if there's a move to be made. It probably will a big move to be made. It'll probably involve Dylan Brooks, which I find interesting that again, his contract gear, but I find interesting that more people are talking about Dylan Brooks. is like, you know, one of the top defensive guards. I think I saw some stat the other day on Twitter or some, someone posted that he's like, you know, a, a top five defensive guard based on some advanced metrics or whatever. Um, but, you know, Dylan Brooks has been beloved in Memphis because he does play with that edge. You know, Taylor Jenkins has always called him the spirit leader of the team. And when you see him kind of set that tone, you know, on the court, it makes it fun to watch because he is such a dogged defender who can get buckets as well. And so what I'll be curious of is given that Devin Booker just had a 58 point game recently, these matchups when it comes to Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, Clay Thompson, and then Devin Booker again, I think that's a stretch where Dylan Brooks is going to really try to show out and show kind of what defender he is. And like you said, he may even get a crack at Jordan Poole instead of Clay Thompson, which I think is probably going to be best if Jordan Poole comes out here lighting it up like he has been. So um, I think Dylan Brooks is going to be very interesting to watch over these next four games. Obviously, John Morant, we'll see what he does. You'll, you'll keep an eye on Jaron's impact. Um, he of the eight block game he had the other day uh, against the Hawks. But yeah, Dylan Brooks will be fun to see over these next few games. So speaking of Dylan one more time, we're going to wrap it up with this. You mentioned on Twitter the other day that uh, Dylan Brooks is among the league leaders in technical fouls. But there's another name in there that I was kind of surprised to see. John Morant um, is high on that list as well. And we all saw how he got ejected against the Thunder in that very strange um, ejection where um, it looked like he was talking to a fan and that somehow got him a second technical foul and he was tossed from that game before halftime. Um, but the interesting thing is that Ja is tied for fourth as of this recording um, with seven technical fouls. And I'm going to share this with everybody. He had eight technical fouls last year. He had seven in his second year, two seasons ago. So he's well on pace to exceed that. Um, and again, we know John Moran's not afraid to speak his mind. We know John Moran's a very emotional player. And I don't say that as a diss. I love that John plays with that edge that so many other players play with. It's not uncommon. But what I find interesting is that he's been more vocal in ways where he's been, you know, giving technical fouls and stuff. And it's kind of surprising that his, he's up there, you know, with the Draymond Greens, the Kevin Durants, and even Dylan Brooks. And so um, I, I find that very interesting that Ja is – you know, being more vocal and getting, you know, penalized for it. So, uh, uh, DeMichael, what do, what do you make of, of Ja getting more already on pace to have more technical fouls than he's had in the season already? You know, I, I, I think it's, it's like you said, it's, it's him being more vocal 
than 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 before. But it's also him being more outspoken, and it's it's kind of you know, it's just Jaw, I guess, more coming into his own, finding his voice in the NBA, and and you know, there's some frustrational things. You see a lot of his technicals we've seen up to this point have kind of just been you know some commentary towards the referees. You know, like, for example, it's this last two technicals, right? One was for profanity, I, I believe it was, and then one was questioning the integrity of the game, you know, uh, according to, you know, referee Ray Acosta from that game. And I remember earlier in this season against the Celtics, it was uh, John Morant got a technical foul in that game, and someone who was sitting, you know, uh, courtside ended up actually telling me that, that John Morant got his technical after he was questioning the referee, like basically saying, uh, are you playing FanDuel? <laughs> he, he asked the referee, <laughs> was, he, was he playing FanDuel? And, you know, uh, I think Ja even, he liked that tweet or, or, or commented on it after the game on Twitter. Uh, so it was it was a kind of a funny thing. But I think it's, it's more of that, right? You know, him just taking jabs here at the referees. We saw there was another occasion too, Evan, if you remember when he went to Twitter. And he basically, you know, said that referees have too much power. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I approached him about this topic uh, one day in the locker room. And, and, you know, it was a couple of days after he had gotten fined. And so he basically, was, you know, didn't want to talk about it at that time, probably thinking he might get fined again. But uh, this is something that, you know, he's been vocal about. I, I, I don't think that John Morant is too fun of the referees in the NBA. Granted, he's getting more foul calls this season. He's taking a career high in free throws, but he's in top five in the NBA and free throw attempts. But, you know, uh, there is a more outspokenness, it feels like, about him. And, you know, there's a disconnect in a way between him and some of the referees and, you know, just the conversations that they have. Like, you you hear, you know, I, do those things deserve technicals? You know, that's a whole other conversation, right? You know, I, I think... Uh, a lot of people will say John Morant did not deserve to get two technical fouls in that game in the first half against Oklahoma City Thunder. And based on what was said in the pool report by Ray Acosta, the, uh, the crew chief official for that game, I'd probably agree. I would agree that, you know, he didn't deserve two two technicals when he didn't directly, you know, say something in the face of the referee when he was talking to the fans as, you know, some people courtside had said and things like that. So, all things considered, I think he's just more outspoken. And, you know, we've seen the referees have not been tight with the whistles this season, whether it's travel calls, carries, illegal screens, and technical fouls. Uh, even, like we, you mentioned it with Dylan Brooks as well, uh, the Grizzlies have gotten their fair share. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm pulling something up here from two years, almost two years ago to the day, actually. It was December 2020. It was the second game of the season, and John Morant got his first career technical foul. Um, and I remember he was very upset at that game because he got his, you know, he was upset about not getting to the free throw line enough. He was, and I'm going to read exactly what he said here. He said, um, it's my second year. I let a lot of stuff slide, but I'm not going for that no more. Everybody who knows me knows I'm always smiling and laughing, and when somebody gets fed up, that's what happens. So Josh said that two years ago. Now, that sounds almost like, you know, take away the second year part. It sounds like a quote that John Moran could say right now. Like, he has very much been very more critical of of the referees, and I think that happens in the league. You're around a lot more. You say more things. Um, as a star player, you obviously get more leeway to say that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I find it fascinating now that Ja is – 
becoming a player that is very much vocal and is going to speak his mind, you know, within reason on the officials. I think I was there with you when Jai was trying to be careful on, on not speaking on the officiating. But uh, I do think that it, it's fascinating that Ja is now, you know, getting the technical fouls that Kevin Durant or Draymond Green are getting. Now, granted, he is nowhere near the antagonist that Draymond Green is, but Ja's not going to keep his mouth shut. We we saw what he said on Instagram about, you know, his comments about the refereeing, you know. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be fun to watch, an interesting subplot to see how Ja, you know, accumulates those texts, because I believe, DeMichael, if I'm not mistaken, 16 is when you get the one-game suspension. Is that right? I believe it's I believe it's your, your, your 16th or your 17th. I believe it's your 17th uh, technical when you get the one-game uh, suspension. If you look at where he and Dylan Brooks uh, are right now, they're both towing the line, and, and you talk about the seating in the Western Conference, and it's very tight. You know, there's only four or five games separating from the one seed all the way down to the bottom of the play-in. So uh, that one-game suspension, you know, eventually could be a really big deal. So it's something that, you know, uh, I'm sure the Grizzlies are aware of. I, I remember last season they were very aware when Dylan Brooks, you know, before injury and things happened uh, on his end, they were aware that he was off to a, a pretty high start. He was leading the NBA in technical fouls at this point in December last season, but he's near the top again, and John Moran is right alongside him. So, the, And those are two – I mean, we've talked about it already, why both players are very important for this team, and, and you're going to need them both in that stretch run. Yeah, 16 is the uh, – once you get 16, you're suspended for one game. So, obviously, both of them are, are on pace to get there, but obviously we'll see what happens. You know, things can change, you slow down, everything else like that. But, yeah, uh, kind of something to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, as Job becomes more vocal and asserts his – his star power in the league and he speaks his mind. Um, we're going to see if that's a fun development to watch, but um, we're going to wrap this up with one more thing before we get out of here DeMichael, in the Christmas spirit and the holiday spirit. Um, what's one gift you would like to see the Grizzlies get either going into 2023 or as a start January, 2023, I'm putting you on the spot for this one. The Grizz, they don't, they don't need a big gift here. This isn't, this isn't someone this is the rich cousin in the family, right? When you're wondering, you're wondering, man, they already have everything, right? What what do, what do we give them? This is this is the rich cousin we're talking about. So with the rich cousin, you got to be creative, right? This is a cousin you give like a nice painting or something and you go, you know, get something done nicely for them because you can't just buy them something nice that they don't already have. So with the Grizzlies, it's just it's health, you know? It's it's a full complement of the roster. You want to see Desmond Bain back and not only Desmond Bain back, as we've seen a couple times, right? When Ja got back, uh, I mean, when Des got back, I think Ja went down. And then when Ja got back, you know, and, and Des got back, Jaron went, I mean, when Jaron got back, I'm confusing myself, when Jaron got back, uh, um, Des went down. So you just want the full compliment here, right? These guys, you have not seen a starting lineup of Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams. Yeah. And all the Mitch, all the players, the young players that we talked about in the offseason that we wanted to see improve so far, I think uh, for the most part, we've seen the improvement. You've seen John Morant look like he's taking his game to another level as a playmaker. Desmond Bain was averaging almost 25, five and five when he went down. Jaron Jackson Jr. is attacking the basketball. He's being, 
you know, more forceful while attacking the basket and finishing more as well. So the big three that this team has talked about building around, I think this is the first season where they look like a trio that you can certainly build around, in my opinion. And now we just have to see it all come home. So I think that's the Christmas gift, just a well, good build of health and seeing this team come whole for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> I think you read my mind because I was going to say for me the same thing is a clean bill of health for at least one month. And I'll, I'll go more specific. I want a clean bill of health for Desmond Bain because I would love to see Desmond Bain be healthy with this team to show – a. To, keep up the pace he was on before to, to kind of be that guy who was able to, you know, be the spacer, be the shooter, be the guy who was coming into his own in his third season, um, who looked every bit like a player that was possibly going to contend for an all-star berth, but more importantly, being more than just one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I'm going to say my gift to narrow down from what you said is a clean bill of health for Desmond Bain to get back. And hopefully nobody else gets help, gets hurt when he's back. If the Grizzlies can be healthy for January, I think that will be an absolute fun thing to see. Not just for the for the for Memphis, but for the league. I think the Grizzlies have shown that they're a fun team. Everyone knows kind of what they can be, but to see them healthy to kind of like set the you know to potentially put the league on even more notice, that's what I would love more. Desmond Bain to be healthy. So I think we're on the same length. Although I have to admit, man, you call the Grizzlies the rich cousin. I mean, you're from Memphis. That would you could you ever imagine putting the Grizzlies in that category? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 come a long way, right? Because they're the, they're the rich cousin now, and 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 once upon a time, you know, they were they were probably the cousin that you know everyone wanted to make sure they got something for because they probably weren't going to get anything back from that cousin. But uh, but I mean, my oh my, how the times have changed, right? This team, uh, you know, they do everything well, just about. You you can make an argument that oh, three point shooting and free throw shooting are some of the things that need to improve overall. But that would be, I think, you know, picking hairs because uh, they are, I mean, they're still dominating the paint. They're still one of the top rebounded teams. And they're missing one of the best shooters in the NBA at this time. So, yeah, they're the rich cousin over here. I mean, this is this is exactly, this is the cousin when they walk in the house and everyone's looking at them. Everyone's like, oh, we've been waiting on this cousin to get here. That's the Grizzlies right now. They're the biggest show in town. See, I thought the Rich Cousin show that you kind of roll your eyes and like, here comes this so-and-so right now. <laughs> but uh, you're right. It's funny. It's the, the Grizzlies are now the Jeffersons. They moved up to that, moved on up to the east side. They finally got a piece of the pie, and they're sitting pretty atop the West Western Conference. So we'll end it right there, DeMichael. Um, it's been a great, great 2022 um, watching the Grizzlies, even going back to last season where they got to the second round of the playoffs. Um, big things will be coming up in 2023, but obviously keep reading commercialappeal.com. DeMichael will have plenty of coverage um, in this holiday season. He's going to be at um, the Warriors game. DeMichael, I believe also you're going to be at the Suns game too, right, on the road? Yeah, I'll, I'll be at the Suns game as well. So just stay tuned to all our our upcoming holiday coverage. You know, on the commercial appeal, as you're you're sitting back, you know, eating your your uh you know your Christmas food or or drinking your hot cocoa or whatever you like. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some good stuff for you to read. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So stay tuned for all that. And we're actually gonna put the podcast on hold for the holidays. We're gonna just take that time off to kind of you know recharge as well. So we'll be back to here to see you guys to talk to you guys in 2023. So for DeMichael, I'm Evan. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great holiday season and uh 
Enjoy this fun grizzly stretch. The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.